Welcome to Panther City Partners Podcast. I'm Leanne Finley-Maxwell. I'm a personal growth and development coach, and we're here today to talk about transitions. Transitions through life. Remember that life is all about change, but you don't have to go it alone. And I'm so excited today to have my good friend, Natalie Boone, with me here today. So Natalie and I met when I worked at TCU, and while we weren't in the same department, we did get the opportunity to meet a few different times, and we really connected because we have children about the same age. She has two boys, and I have a boy and a girl, but they're right about the same age. And so, you know, moms are always looking for that connection of someone who understands them, and I felt like I had that with Natalie. And so our, even though I don't work at TCU anymore, yeah. <laughs> Our friendship has stayed over the years, and so I'm so happy that you were able to be here today, Natalie. Thank I'm you. I'm so excited and thankful for the, the invitation yeah. to come and share. Thank you. <laughs> so in thinking about our kids, um, we were just talking about school starts for them very soon, right. and we're both rather ready for them to go back to school. So yes. maybe talk a little bit about that, about this transition back to school and what that means for your family, but for you specifically as a working mom. Well, that means busy. <laughs> True. <laughs> we're doing lots of stuff. But, um, you know, just getting back into the routine mm-hmm. of, you know, bedtime schedule, morning schedule, homework done, sports and activities. Mm-hmm. And um, I also do one fun thing for mom during the week. I do. A, I'm a part of a Bible study fellowship mm-hmm. group. Mm-hmm. And so I'm also one of the group leaders. Oh. And so. That's kind of exciting for me because that's when I get a chance to like share with other with women mm-hmm. and um, just try to, you know, make a small impact for God on their life. Yeah. And so that's something that I get to do every Monday night and they get to come too. So oh, our nice. um, schedule will be very busy. But yeah. But fun. Yeah. Getting back into that routine can be really difficult because I know, especially at our house, um, bedtimes have been somewhat non-existent some nights. And there's been lots more screen time than I would normally like to happen during the school year. So what are some strategies that you use with Mason and Michael to get them to, like, get back into that routine? Well, first of all, we started even just last night, we, we just... I've started turning the electronics Mm -hmm. off when I come Mm -hmm. home. So Mm -hmm. you can watch TV, Mm -hmm. but you can't have your tablet. Yeah, your individual. And so I've been trying to put that up. Mm -hmm. And then, um, like, last night, I made him go to bed early. Yeah. Like, really early. So, well, not really early. Just Mm -hmm. trying to get back on schedule. Right, right. So they went to bed at, I believe, like, 9. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so they were, like, out. And so we'll do that again. And then on Friday... You know, it'd be mm-hmm. back to like, it's the weekend, okay, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you know, have a little bit of time. But I really do believe in children going to bed. So I don't really allow my kids to stay up like past midnight. Oh, yeah. So I'm yeah. probably kind of a stickler. No, I am too. I but... totally agree with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> They're just not big enough yet to, right. you know, to me to handle that. So at least by 12 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. So. Starting that practice this week is what we've been trying to do too. Mm-hmm. practice getting back into that routine. Mm-hmm. And I think that you bring up a good point. Like when I say we, our kids have been staying up late, I mean like 10 or 11. Yes. And I, I mean, one of the things that I've noticed about my kids is that they can't handle it the next day because my kids do not sleep in. Mm-hmm. No matter what time they go to bed, they're not going to sleep in. So if they don't go to bed till 11, they're still up at six or seven. Yes. And then they're a mess the rest of the day. <laughs> So trying to teach them at a young age how to handle that, you know, that sleeping time because they need to be able to transition with that later in life to be able to, you know, they're going to have to put themselves to bed at some point. (laughs) And we've actually done that. Like I gave the curfew of 12. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you can stay up. But at 12, 
I'm shutting my door and I'm going to bed. But mm-hmm. at 12, you need to be asleep. Mm-hmm. And so they've been, oh. the, my older son has mm-hmm. been kind of self-selecting and saying, okay, That's time for awesome. us to go to bed. Yeah. And they turn everything off and I wake up and I'm like, <gasps> they did it. <laughs> That's so cool. That you're starting so. to give them that responsibility mm-hmm. at home. You've, you've still got the, you still got the reins, but you're loosening them, loosening them a little bit so that they can start to to develop that responsibility and best practices for themselves. Yes. I have a friend who said, you, you got to relax a little bit, mom. So. It's He's hard. been kind of cheering me on in yeah. that area. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Well, and it can be especially difficult to relax in some of those parental roles when you're a single parent because you're having to do all of the the, the parental roles and you don't have a partner to bounce all your ideas off of. So do you want to chat about that a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, you bring up great points because I actually was just talking to another friend of mine about this the other day of like being a single mom mm-hmm. and how much of a roller coaster of emotions you go on sometimes sure. because you're you know you want to be friend mom and hang out and you know do all the fun stuff but then you also have to be disciplined mom mm-hmm. and you have to make sure that you know you set the bar very mm-hmm. high for academics mm-hmm. and for any other thing you right. know and so it is definitely a challenge um because i can go from being really really happy mm-hmm. to really really sad to really really you know kind of angry sometimes you sure. know with things that they how they push your buttons sometimes mm-hmm. um and then you know the societal pressure uh, pressure of having two african-american mm-hmm. little boys mm-hmm. sometimes it's very a uh, challenge for me to deal with because i worry about the societal pressure sure. of if we go to the store you know are people looking at them in a different way when they're just actually being a kid and right. so sometimes i have to um reason with some of that in my own mind to to right. kind of relax a little and say you know they're okay you know so right i mean it's definitely you know being a single parent you know and not having that other partner mm-hmm. is definitely very challenging sometimes mm-hmm. so but you know god is good and i mean i will say he has given me man crazy strength um i definitely probably have to shout out all my friends who have to dip, listen to all my stories and crazy um antics that i come mm-hmm. up with but you know he's definitely giving me strength and courage to mm-hmm. you know parent them in a way where i don't think people realize that they come from a single parent home. right right so. yeah because you're able to fill both of those roles even though you're you're by your by yourself most of the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You bring up a couple of good points that I want to point out that you have a strong faith in God and you really rely on that faith and your relationship with your not just God, but also your church members. Mm-hmm. And so maybe chat about that a little bit about how you have leaned on that faith and how you've leaned on um that support network through these times. Because you know, you're a single mom now, but at one point you were going through a divorce or having a, a a rough relationship mm-hmm. and you've probably had to lean on people and your faith a lot during that time. Yes. What does that look like for you? Well, I mean, definitely. Um, I always say Jesus is my best friend on Facebook. I know my <laughs> friends are like, whatever, but he really is. Jesus is my best friend. He's really, um, the Holy spirit has really just spoke to me and through, you know, my Bible study and mm-hmm. through friends and family. And, um, you know, I really have had great, um, family members who stepped up and held my hand and Mm -hmm. took my phone calls. And Mm -hmm. um, when I turned, I think it was 38, when I turned 38, I had a birthday party that was with 38 of my friends. And, you know, I got a little emotional when I said a little speech to some of them because it really was during that time where I was relying on my girlfriends a Mm -hmm. lot, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, 
it was just like that was my kind of my you know my go-to right and my girlfriends include my my big sister my mm-hmm. godmother mm-hmm. you know i have a really good friend um who lives in denton who um you know she's always doing something for me too as well so i mean it just really you know took all of them Mm -hmm. holding me up and Mm -hmm. saying you're gonna get through this Mm -hmm. you know i mean and no disrespect to him you know the relationship didn't work right and uh you know i can't say it was one person's or the other it just Mm -hmm. didn't work out for Mm -hmm. us and so um you know i'm grateful i always say i'm grateful we both were able to walk away yeah you know because it could have ended differently yeah or not, and been in a much different situation now if you'd stayed in the relationship. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm happy that, you know, thankfully, you know, I have, you know, a decent job where mm-hmm. I was able to still maintain my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to keep my kids in the same school they were in. That's great. I was able to stay in the same church. Mm-hmm. So they had some things I felt like that were consistent for them right. that I didn't change mm-hmm. that helped them. Mm-hmm. Um you know, still have that foundation. Yeah. Because, you know, we were moving and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. I was like, as much as possible, if I can keep mm-hmm. those things the mm-hmm. same. Mm-hmm. Um, you bring up a good point that we talk a lot about transitions and what it feels like to go through them. But as a parent, when you're going through a transition, you have to think about how that has an effect on your children mm-hmm. and the way that you were able to make sure that they maintain some consistency. You know, that really tells me that you were really thinking about like, oh my gosh, this isn't just about me. And as a mom, you know, we never can think this. N- right. no, it's never just about me. It's never just about me. <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> but I think that's really awesome that you're, that you're teaching them about your modeling for them that even though there is upheaval and there's change and there's transition going on, what can maintain consistency? We're going to do that mm-hmm. because that does help all of the whole family. That helps the whole family when there is some consistency maintained. Yes, I totally agree. And and even though like when we when I when I left the house mm-hmm. that we were you know living in, I moved in with my grandmother for a couple of months. So that was you know, a house that they were used to. Right. And so that was an environment they were like, okay, this is grannies. We're just staying with granny. Yeah. You know, and so then, you know, eventually we did move into an apartment, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we lived there for like almost three years. Yeah. And so I just really moved last year just because, again, I'm really big on consistency. Mm -hmm. Like that's, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I think kids do better Yeah. when they can be, you know, it's flat. Right. You know, it's well, possible. when they have boundaries and norms and they know what they, those are, they have, they know what to expect exactly. and it, it changes their, I mean, they're less anxious and less uh, worried about things if they know that this is what's going to happen each exactly. day. Yeah. But I don't know. Now my older son, I think to a fault, I have created a monster because <laughs> he is very like meticulous with his time and what mm-hmm. are we doing mm-hmm. and where are we going? And he kind of needs like a layout. Yeah. And it helps him. Right. And sometimes I'm like, no, just try it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be spontaneous. Right. And he's like, what? So my older son, you know, maybe I've done that too well for him. But <laughs> my younger son, you know, he's definitely open to whatever. Right. But my older son is definitely more like a rule follower and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what's the law of the land and how are we going to maneuver Right. He this. wants to know where all the walls are so that he can get either as close to them as he wants to, to yeah. get to them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure that that seeing you deal with some of the transitions you have dealt with will help him like figure out how to navigate that. Because, you know, I've noticed that with my daughter recently, that she is more like your older son, that she wants to know what are we doing? When are we doing it? Mm-hmm. And if I don't tell her, then she gets really upset. Right. And it, it 
it's causing me to kind of think about how I've been parenting about, because I used to want to be like a a spontaneous, surprising you Mm -hmm, type of parent. mm -hmm. And now I'm trying to figure out how do I still have that feeling of spontaneity, but Mm -hmm. give her the information to make her feel less anxious so that she can start to, as we were talking about earlier, take ownership over her own feelings, but then also her own like responsibility of like, how am I going to show up in this world and what, where am I going to go and what am I going to do? It may seem like you're creating a monster right now, but I bet he will get it figured out. I hope so. (laughs) We are praying for him. (laughs) That's a pretty tough skill to learn, especially for boys. Yes. um, And especially for young boys. So I think you're on the, I think you're on the right track. You're good. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) So you've leaned a lot on your church group and your family and Mm -hmm. your friends. Mm -hmm. Um, you you were able to maintain the same job this whole time. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about that as far as um, having that consistency in your life. Was it good? Was mm-hmm. it bad? Mm-hmm. How did you feel about that? Um, definitely. I mean, again, another one of God's blessings because um, my first boss, um, I don't want to say his name, yeah. just, but he, you know, he was just a jewel, you know, and just really trying to help me through the process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he really watched me go through the marriage. So I think it was probably good mm-hmm. that, you know, I was finally making the step, the jump to go. Mm-hmm. And so he was very, very supportive uh, through the whole thing. And, you know, honestly, all my family were too. I mean, you know, the beginning of my marriage was probably, uh, I don't know how to put it, kind of rocky because so much of my family were, weren't really on board oh, okay. with that. And so, um, you know, I had to overcome their neg- you know, negativity right. in a way. But then, you know, once I kind of made the step to say, okay, I'm leaving, mm-hmm. it probably everybody was like cheering almost. <laughs> if there was such a thing for a divorce, I think... <laughs> People were like, yeah, <laughs> but, um, you know, and like, again, no disrespect to him. Mm-hmm. It's just that I think that for my life, my family envisioned someone mm-hmm. different for me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, once that happened, I think it helped. So having a boss like I had and now mm-hmm. I have another boss who is still very encouraging mm-hmm. and still really open um, to me, you know, doing what I need to do for my kids. And mm-hmm. so. That's a good thing, you know, mm-hmm. and being able to TCU is a very family friendly mm-hmm. environment. And mm-hmm. I mean, they just really are. I mean, it's nothing, yeah. no other way to put it. So, yeah. you know, very thankful for great people, you know, around there and people at TCU. I mean, I've kind of cornered certain folks and mm-hmm. just been like, OK, hey, you're going to be my sounding board. And they have been and That's they've been awesome. like super supportive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can do this. You can hang in there. And right. So. You know, I think that sometimes there's this myth that you have a professional life and you have a personal life, you have your family life, but really those things are also intertwined that it's really hard to not, you know, it's really hard to not work at a place where you feel like you can be your authentic self because you're a mom, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, I can't not talk about my kids when I go to work because that's what I do all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Very true. And so it's nice to have that supportive environment professionally Mm -hmm. because you don't live in a vacuum. You're not just at work and you're not just at home. Something is inevitably going to happen in one of those spaces where you have to tend to the other thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice that you have that um, support at work so that you can still continue to be a great mom and be a professional. Exactly. 
And you mm-hmm. definitely have to, you know, it's a thin line between, sure. you know, oversharing and not sharing enough. <laughs> sure. But, <laughs> but you know, um, I've just, you know, been fortunate enough to work around some folks who, you know, care and mm-hmm. really do want to see what's best for me and the boys. And so, you know, in TCU, you know, for me, I also look at it as a long term thing for my kids. Sure. You know, if if they're smart enough and they get it together and they're able and this is education is what they choose and mm-hmm. not something different mm-hmm. then you know it's a great school for them sure. so trying to hang on you know yeah. and see what happens just because you know i put a little away for college but not nearly enough i don't not think any of enough. us have put not away nearly enough, enough. <laughs> but you know i you know have a little something for mm-hmm. them just to, you know try to get them started but you know I'm trying. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're succeeding. <laughs> so when I talk about transitions with a lot of my clients, we we hit on a lot of the same topics that you need to have a support group right. and you clearly have that, mm-hmm. that you need to rely on your faith or some kind of meditation, something that's outside of yourself, because right. you can't always be your own sounding board, mm-hmm. that you need to set limits and boundaries. Um, and you've talked about planning here with like thinking about college and the future with them, but also that idea of needing to be flexible too. Mm-hmm. So you you briefly touched on like if if education is the thing for your kids, what are your, because that's something we've talked about on the podcast before is that there is not a straight line through to, to becoming an adult. I certainly did not take a straight line path. I mean, I did go to college and grad school, but I have not been in the same job the whole time. Right. Um, so what are you, what are you right now envisioning for your kids um, as far as like what their path might be through elementary school, high school, and then beyond high school? Well, so I journal a lot mm-hmm. and I also write a lot. So mm-hmm. I write a lot. And so just I make like goal sheets. Sure. That I'm actually just sharing with the world now. People don't probably know I do that, but I do. And so, um, you know, when I look at their lives, I just ended with high school mm-hmm. diploma, bachelor's diploma, a master's degree. Yeah. And those are just things that I envision for both of them. Mm-hmm. But if they exceed that. That's fine. If they say, no, that's not what I want, then I have really given it to God to say, Lord, you know, this is just my dream for them. But whatever your dream is, let that go and be done. But, Mm -hmm. you know, my dream for them is to at least, you know, graduate high school and at least go to college. Mm -hmm. Like you said, who knows what that line is going to look like? You know, hopefully, you know, they'll they love sports. Mm -hmm. I just recently told my best friend that um, I realized that I need to start parenting the kids I have because I have not been doing it. I've heard, you know, you've heard that yes. quote for like ages. And I'm like, oh, I've heard that quote. You Parent know? the kids you have, not I the parents you or not the kids you want. So, you know, I've been like pushing, you know, we're going to be science and we're going to be, you know, great mm-hmm. education, academic but I've always said since birth, I will say tell you this, even in their baby books, it does say academic all-star athletes. Yeah. So if that's what they choose, mm-hmm. I've always said that. Mm-hmm. But I, um, you know, I, I had to recently accept that sports is their thing. Yeah. And I had my own, you know, visions about what that what? was because, mm-hmm. you know, of their dad being mm-hmm. the sports guy and whatever. And I was like, ah, they're not going to do sports. You know, they're not going to be like him. But again, you know, no disrespect, just that as just kind of how I felt. About yeah. It. And so recently I just noticed that that's their thing. Mm-hmm. 
And I just have to accept it. Yeah. Like, stop pushing it. Right. And so now I'm like, okay, we like sports. We are a sports family. We're a sports family. <laughs> like, anything that does with a ball, they want to do it. <laughs> Soccer, uh, baseball. Mm-hmm. We went to the park the other day. It was a volleyball court. They're like, let's play volleyball. Wow. So they're really so, well-rounded in the sports they like. <laughs> they are. So whatever. We we did golf camp this summer. That's awesome. And I was a little nervous about mm-hmm. which way that was going to go. But mm-hmm. it turned out really good. Wow. It introduced them. Now they think Tiger Woods is like the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> because my son was so for sure that Stephen Curry made more money than Tiger Woods. Oh, so. <laughs> We had a whole conversation about that. Well, it, it sounds like you're able to to bring in sports and academics because that's a that's a question about like research and math and those kinds of things. So you can probably, as you've already done, continue to, to interweave both sports and academics in, in their interests. Yes, yes, yes. They spent like three weeks. They were driving in with me to come mm-hmm. to school and to go to Camps. golf camp mm-hmm. and then I go to work. But we would... <laughs> take time talking about like who's billionaire or it's billionaires because I have one son who really focuses on you know he wants to be rich <laughs> you know? I have a son like that too <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be rich I'm like okay <laughs> but he um also uh, so we spent time in the morning time we would google mm-hmm. different people's estimated worth oh and so that was really fun mm-hmm. to watch them well i call it backseat chronicles for myself but <laughs> yes. to watch them in the backseat like looking like oh my god so-and-so makes this much and, yeah you know bill gates this and that so mm-hmm. you know it it was a really good time for them to yeah. start thinking about you know money and how much you make and, and how you get there and what goes with that right. you know and i'm like you gotta work hard because mm-hmm. i was trying to push the issue of that golf is important because a lot of business deals are made on, on the, the golf, golf course true so you know i mean i'm always pushing them to think differently mm-hmm. they probably hate me sometimes but I don't think I'd be a good mother if they did. I, I you know, I totally agree with that. <laughs> I tell my friend, my kids sometimes, I'm not here to be your best friend. <laughs> nope, I am not. My son Walker will say, we get it, mom. This is really important. Because when I start to lecture or get on my little mm-hmm, soapbox mm-hmm. about it, it is important to work hard. Yes, and if you want to yes. do this, you have to have done this in advance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I like the way you said you need to parent the kids you have instead of the kids you want. Because yeah. I think... Since our kids are about the same age, I have been parenting the kids that I want because they haven't had as much um, influence Mm -hmm. or or say, basically. But now my son's don't going into the fifth grade. My daughter's in the third grade and they have personalities, Mm -hmm. you know, and they have very specific um, wants and they have just specific dislikes. And it's hard when I have been parenting in this way of like, I'm, you know, my spouse and I are the the end all be all and now suddenly we have to take their take their perspective into consideration and you know it's not that my parents didn't take my perspective into consideration but that's not exactly the same model i grew up with right and so now i'm having to figure out how to parent the kids i have Mm -hmm. and not the kids that i think i have yes (laughs) well i definitely tell you it has been like a load lifted because mm-hmm. I was so, you know, adamant about you're gonna, you know, you're gonna read five thousand books a day and you're gonna, you know, and it's that's not their deal. Right. So if I get two books <laughs> That's two more yes. than right. 
and we get some, you know, basketball in mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, is there a sport at the time, then yeah, I'm with it. You have made a plan, but you've also learned how to be flexible in that plan yeah. with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I've also said, and I think they would say this too, that, okay, you can do sports and all that, but if you cannot read and write and do math, the sport thing, it's not going to, you can't even get into college. It's just yeah. a waste. Right. So I'm glad that you can bounce the ball, hit the ball, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you don't read and if you don't mm-hmm. take the time to make mm-hmm. sure we're getting the schoolwork done, then sports is off the table. Right. So I think they get it. Yeah. I think yeah. they're You've given it. them such a great foundation. Yeah, I don't know. That, that, that they get it. Yeah. yeah. I think you have. <laughs> Pray. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today, Natalie. I feel like we could come back and have a conversation again sometime. We should. So we will definitely look at our calendars and see when I can get you back on here. Yeah, thank we you. should definitely do it. I would love it. I really have enjoyed this time yes. sharing. Well, thank you. You've been really open and honest. And a lot of the things in your life are transitions that we've all gone through. And so it's really nice to hear that perspective from different people. So thank you. All right. Thank you you so much for listening. Remember to download the podcast, like, listen, share. Remember, the only constant is change, but you don't have to go it alone. Panther City Partners is here. Thank you. Thank you.